Hey, Dave and Chris. Um, Happy 100th episode. I'm going to get right to it and say that I have been sober for a whopping uh, one week. And um, I'm just starting my journey to recovery. And I want to let you guys know that you're part of that. When I started listening, I found the podcast by accident. Um, would probably consider myself a normie at that time and listening for probably the past 20 weeks. Um, I don't know. That helped me realize I have a problem and you guys make being sober sound fun. And that's in general, pretty fucking cool. Um, everything you guys do. Um, on another note, I'm a big fan on the Twitter page. I made the dopey cake. Don't know if you remember that. Shout out to all the dopies on Twitter, and I just want to say congrats and thanks. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Hey, what's up, guys? This is John from New Jersey. Ah, I'm the one that always writes in you guys with the Kensington stories. Um, my clean date is nine sixteen sixteen. I actually just celebrated a year clean last Saturday. And I've been listening to you guys since I've been about a week clean, and it's a huge help. Your show is great, and it really reminds me of the life that I don't want to go back to. So keep it up, and toodles. What's up, Dopey? This is uh, Adam in New York. I've been a fan since the beginning. I love you guys. Um, I love Dopey because I'd say I'm a pretty small-time drug user. I mean, I smoke weed all the time, and psychedelics that's for sure but beyond that i uh i'll dabble with coke now and then but uh never really anything harder than that and i certainly have the itch for that but just never don't have the connects and just never really cross that that line and uh this kind of scratches that itch and so i'm not sure if it's for the better or for the worse but i love dopey so thanks guys toodles Hey, Chris and Dave, I've got a um, short little drug story for you. It's not particularly dopey, but I think it's funny, so hopefully you guys will too. So when I was about 15, I was um, I was living with my dad, and, you know, just kind of had a standard evening, and he'd made us dinner, and then afterwards we were just watching some shit TV. And I remember feeling quite lightheaded, and I was just I was laughing way more than usual. And in... I just didn't think of anything of it. And uh, he told me this really shit joke about a kangaroo. I can't remember it properly now, but I remember then laying in bed. And every time I'd think of a kangaroo, I'd just burst into a fit of laughter. It took me forever to get to sleep. So fast forward to the morning after, and he's um, I come downstairs, and he's sat there, and he's got a shit-eating grin on his face. And immediately I'm suspicious. I mean, when he's grinning, it means something's up. And he starts asking me these questions like, uh, how are you feeling, kind of thing, like, uh, like how was last night, you all right, kind of thing. And I'm feeling like, yeah, yeah, it's was, it was all right, it was pretty good, kind of, why? And he then confesses to me that he grated some solid hash into my casserole uh, to get me high. And I was like, why? Like, why would you do that? And he's like, oh, I thought it'd be funny, because I, I want to know what you're like, hi. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was gobsmacked. So, yeah, that was my first experience with drugs. Uh, my dad spiked my casserole with weed. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Love listening to you guys. Uh, keep it going. And, um, stay strong, Dopey Nation. 
Toodles. Hey, Chris, Dave, Dopey Nation. Uh, first off, congrats on 100 episodes. Been following you guys since like episode 20 or something. It's been a pretty awesome ride. Uh, real quick, not technically sober. I still take my prescription medication as prescribed. I've got it screwed up back and work a pretty hard job. But anyways, uh, real quick, when I realized I needed to get off, I, I lived in the uh, south and was involved in that pill craze down there. Basically, you walk into a doctor's office and get prescribed whatever you want. Well, um, I used to get 180, 30 milligram Roxy's a month. And make a long story short, one night I didn't have any. Went to a buddy's house, took a bunch of Xanax bars, left his house to go look for something else. Ended up... Sorry, I'm at work here. Ended up wrecking my truck. Um, took out a... Uh, whole bunch of lawn ornaments a mailbox and some other stuff in these people's yard they called the cops on me ended up talking to the cop he didn't even get out of his car i was so screwed up i was i was blackout basically at this point gave him all my information he i could tell he didn't want to be there so he ended up just asking me if i'd been drinking and i said no the people didn't press charges because they had my insurance so i ended up leaving there going on getting whatever else we were going to do for the rest of the night and I woke up on my couch the next morning. I had been robbed by, had to be one of my friends. Um, I had like a couple singles. My wallet was laying in my lap and a lot of money taken from me. But uh, at the same time of me waking up, uh, my girlfriend who was living at the time was, was moving out with her. They were moving all her shit out, her and her friends. So... That was one of those wake-up moments where I realized uh, it's time to make a change, and eventually I did make that change, but uh, it was a pretty wild ride. But anyway, I look forward to another 100 or 1,000 episodes, you guys, and uh, stay strong. Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the 100th episode of our podcast. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Well, you should have got some real music. Ding, 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 ding. That's our 100th episode theme song. Yeah, we prepared a Sing lot it. for this. Sing it. Ding, 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 ding. It is the 100th episode of Dopey. How do you feel? Good, I didn't think we'd make it. You look horrible, and you act even worse. You should hear that. him. Um, Dave, if you move your head when we record this, this, do you know how bad our show has been? You think it matters if I'm over here, over here? You think someone's not going to tune well, in? When I edit it, it's like really soft. And then you, you need a bubble where you left. keep your head in. Yeah, the speaking bubble. It's so fucking annoying. How are you? He looks horrible this morning. He woke up, his hair is all greasy and standing up in the middle, and he goes, "Looks like I have a mohawk." <laughs> he took a picture of himself. <laughs> Send it to his new girlfriend. Annie, look at my mohawk. I'm so funny and cool. I, I, I did send it to I know. I know. I know what you're like. Yeah. Anyway, how do you feel? 100th episode. It's amazing. I mean, how many morning episodes have we done? I feel like this is only the third time. It is the third one. Because we did once in the Lower East Side, once in the hotel, and now. now. I, I concur. I don't even remember the you one we did. You love morning episodes. You're all about the morning episodes. Dude, I'm we, like late night. I would have just kept going. I was so tired. Yeah, you were fading fast. I like it when he fades because I get hand. 
power dynamic shifts. You can have hand now. David gets sensitive and weak. Weak. <laughs> <laughs> Weakened in the later hours. I was like lying down. I was like, whatever you want. Um, you take hand. Go for it. Well, what Enjoy. are we doing? See, you can't even take hand. No. You have no ability to take the hand. I can take hand once I get going, like 20, 30 minutes You can take in. hand if hand only means that you insult me. Of course. That's the only... You can't take organizational hand. Here. Good luck. Here's the hand. Okay, read the article. I'm, this is me taking hand. That's, that's not... That's... <laughs> all right. On the 50th episode, Chris systematically destroyed it. Now we are at the 100th episode. A benchmark... In podcasting. Yeah. I mean, triple digits. The next time we will... I mean, quadruple digits, is that's a far ways away. It's far away. What is that? Four years? No. Three and a half years? It depends. No, that's... that's no, that's totally wrong. It's a long time away. It's, it's, it's six years away. It's four and a half years away. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. If we did a hundred and two years, <laughs> no, it'd be, but the but the, the equation is complicated because we did we did a hundred in two years or a year and eighteen months. Let's say yeah. a hundred and eighteen months. We did one a week. Just Shush! No, we <laughs> did it. This is why the the computation is is difficult. no. But now we do one a week. Only if we change it with You're the computation. So fucking annoying. Problems. The first six months we did two a week. Yeah, but now we do one a week, so it's the computation is easy. But the first 40, it changes it to a fraction. Yeah, but we're at 100, so how many more to do another 900? Oh, I got you. How many? That's 900 weeks. So what's 900 weeks? I don't know. What's 900 divided by 50? How many weeks are in a year? What? 52 weeks in a year? So it'd be 4.5 years, right? So you got it right away. Yeah. That's good. Um, I gotta trust my brain. I'm glad, I'm glad you do. Um, 4.5 years unless the income... You know what I'll be. I'll be probably dead. No. You think you'll be a doctor. I'll be, I'll be a licensed clinical psychologist. You could be in the street. Ugh. You know, we, we got some message this you morning. You could be dead. You know, like statistics say, I'd probably be dead, right? Yeah. Statistic. No, statistics... I, you know, I, I personally think you'll be a doctor. Nice. Thank you for that vote of confidence. I do. I think you'll be a mediocre doctor, but I think mediocre. That's yeah, pretty good. It's not bad. <laughs> I'll for that. I'm a mediocre waiter. I might be a bad waiter. No, you're a good waiter. Um, I, I really think you're a good waiter. Now I've seen you waiter. Listen, can so, you use waiter as a verb? Yes. Well, you really. I don't. The point is, you are a. Um, you will be a mediocre. You'll you'll be a fine doctor. Forget me. You'll be a fine doctor. Yeah. And. But somebody tweeted us last night. It's the second tweet we've gotten like this. I can't wait till Dave and Chris relapse. It will be the best episode. I ever. saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Where did you? Somebody see it? said it on Instagram a while ago. They just love that. You know who you, who's champion that is who? Joey Pepper. Pepper, Joey Pepper. Yeah, dude, you should pronounce it Joey Pepper. 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 Yeah, I mean, what, what happens in the uh, eventuality that we do relapse? It depends. Do we shift focus? It depends. Do we pivot? It depends on the relapse. What's the, the, paint me a picture. Okay, we both get some dope, some syringes. I get a little coke, too. For the show? And we get high. And do the, the show? show? <laughs> I don't see that happening. You know what? If one of us ever gets injured and we have to take pain meds, like we have to, to be accountable, we should only take our pain meds while we record dopey. 
Well, that wouldn't, we wouldn't need to take them then. Um, see, you really are weak in the morning. Can you please try to stop two? Drink okay, some more coffee. Said, what are you asking me? That's your thing. Oh, if we relapse, what would happen? No, no, I'm not asking that. I'm, you said, what would it look like? And I said, well, what would the relapse look like? I don't see us bringing... You know what the relapse looks like? I disappear and I go into treatment. Well, then, if I'm lucky. Then, you know, either I get another person... You just, it's just sad, long years of... Hanging on by your fingernails. Well, my relapse. <laughs> That's your relapse. No, no, my relapse would look like this: uh, I would lose my family, which would be terrible, and then I would find a room someplace, and uh, I'd get some dope. I'd get a TV, and I'd watch Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, no, you get some chocolate, chocolate chip. Yeah, I get some chocolate, chocolate chip, some vanilla chocolate chip. I'd get a bunch of dope, and I'd watch a lot of TV. That's my relapse. Yeah, and then years, just the calendar pages just flip by. The seasons change, <laughs> but nothing else changes. Or I could die. Oh, yeah, I could die. You know, I could run and I'll lose my job. But you and, then get, I won't, and then how do I pay for that room in that Ben and Jerry's? No, but you seem to maintain your work. I don't know if I can maintain this work like that. Just listen. I, I do not foresee a relapse uh, coming for me. Yeah, me neither. I really, really... I, you know what the truth is, though? Like, I really don't now. My bones are just like... The, my lifestyle is not conducive to using. I mean, it's conducive to longevity and being clean and sober, and I like it, and I've built value. But even when I hadn't done those things, I never thought I was going to relapse. Every time I would get sober and, like, and I'd actually be like, oh, I'm going to stop and just being abstinent, which wasn't a lot, but I really felt it. I was like, I'm just no way I'm going to use. And then all of a sudden... After three days to three months, it just turns on a dime all of a sudden. But there's a pivot. That's the willpower when I'm stopping on my own will. Right. When you're not when you're not going to meetings and you're not doing program based stuff. I'm just like I gotta do it, I'm hurting people. <laughs> what? I feel like I'm hurting people. I need to get clean for But no, but last time you relapsed you were in the program and then you no, stopped going I to meetings. Stop going to meetings. But then were you but the question is this. And don't give me your fucking hackney answer. Try yeah. to find some real answer. Um, when you pivoted from going to meetings to relapsing, was it like, fucking, I don't want to go to meetings anymore? Was that no, a thing? No, it was never that. It was, well, it was like I just stopped going to meetings. So all I was doing was working and hanging out with my girlfriend. And, oh. Yeah, and then I... Um, what are you doing these days? Meetings... Sponsoring people, talking to my sponsor. What are you mostly commitments. doing? What are you mostly doing? Uh, Just name me the top two things you do. <laughs> I go to school and I hang out with my girlfriend. <laughs> yes, but also the the job I had last time was working in the treatment field and confiscating drugs and being around people who are constantly using. Right, and I don't think. Listen, for, just call it whatever you want to call it. And I'm not talking about your girlfriend. I'm talking about your sobriety. The fact that you're... I mean, it's easy to make fun of you for saying you're a second-year doctoral student. But that's yeah. really cool to be... I mean, it's like it's annoying when you brag about it. But it's cool it's that... It's like bragging. You know it's not bragging. It's, it's just as much bragging as it's not bragging. Just, just to keep you on track. You think it's like a joke, but it's just as much bragging as it is not. Well, it's just to put you down. It's not bragging. But it's not putting me. It's not putting me down. Uh, you've said to me on multiple occasions, like you get really depressed, and you're like, "Well, at least you're going to school." And I'm trying to make you feel better. 
That's not. That's nothing. <laughs> your your path has nothing to do with my depression. I promise you. Okay. And I say that from a totally honest place. You don't want what I have. No, no, <laughs> I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm I do not. I want don't what want what anybody else has, and that's part of the reason why I'm. I know I'm going to stay sober. Is I'm actually content with my life, and I wouldn't change a thing. I have no regrets. One might say. You're just. But you're an abject object liar. I'm not You're lying. I fucking mean that when I say it. I you have really no do. regrets in your no, life. No, that's being silly because Dopey Nation, one of our topics for this episode was regrets. So I was... It's just you That was an inside out, joke. With you you I, come sure. out straight away, I'm this, I'm that, it's me. And it's it's lies. It's untruth. <laughs> it's, like, it's like sometimes you're jealous of somebody else. Sometimes you're not. They both go together. It's yeah. not one or the other. Yeah, I'm trying to think honestly if I've gotten jealous of other people. Recently. Not really. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm you, you're, you're, you know, yeah, you're, 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 you're like a goldfish. You remember the last eight no, minutes and you say, no, that's no, my reality. No, no, you're right. In the 12 and 12, Bill talks about... Basically, when you do your resentments, you know, most people you get to your four step and you're like, write down your resentments and people just fucking crank and they write all this shit out. I got to my four step and it was like, write down your resentments. And I was like, uh, I don't have any. And Bill mentions it. He's like, there's some people who get to this they're part. The same, they're the same people who are. They're goldfish. Uh, no, I think no, they're the goldfish. No, they're the same people that are uh, constitutionally incapable of being honest. It's the same. It's, a, yeah, it's the same I, I population. I think of it's almost like you talked about the peculiar mental blind spot <laughs> in terms of the drink. I have like a peculiar mental blind spot in like other areas, and that might be like looking at my regrets and like looking at listen my resentments and shit. To be honest, I, I mess with you and I put you on the spot and I throw you under the bus and I beat your head against the table. Yeah. But the truth is that when you feel jealousy, you say it. Maybe you don't feel it right now. But when you do, you say it. You get to that place. I say it to you. Sure. Yeah, I don't say it to most people. Well, at least you say, you know, at least you say it to somebody. Yeah. I, I don't think you're as bad as I like to, as a, I mean, as you present yourself as being, is what I'm saying. I present myself as being bad? Just very dishonest. Very, very fake. Oh, but a you're... fake-ass motherfucker. Yeah, but I, I'm not aware of that. Right. Yeah, so it's, yeah. kind of, it's a little bit real. But when you said present yourself, I thought you meant, like, present myself being fully cognizant of what I'm doing. No, you're... Listen, I don't... I'm, I'm pathological, is what you're saying. Wait, why do we always get into me <laughs> psychoanalyzing you? Your friend said we need to stop psychoanalyzing me. All right. This just in. The Philippine President Rodrigo tells jobless Filipinos to kill drug addicts. Um, Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte has some career advice for the almost 40 million Filipinos currently unemployed. They say, go out and kill drug addicts. The Phil Star newspaper reported that Duterte... I wish I knew how to say his name right. Duterte. You think that's how you say it? No was overheard at Ninoy Aquino International Airport Ninoy Aquino while speaking to workers that had returned from Saudi Arabia where around 2.4 million Filipinos live and work. Thousands of workers from the Philippines have been laid off in the Gulf since a collapse in oil prices that began in 2014. 
back in the Philippines, the unemployment rate is rising from 5.7% in 2016 to 6.6% this year. But just say the gist. Tell me the whole thing. So okay. he, he's telling homeless so, people, he's telling unemployed people to kill drug addicts. I just can't imagine what, how that makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. No, and then Trump lauded him. Trump praised him on his approach to here the drug Here we go. Here we go. This doesn't make sense to me, though. It really hurts to give this P1 billion to community. Oh, he's talking about giving the money to community-based drug addicts. But what can I do? I have to treat them just as citizens of this republic. But I really feel bad about it. Okay. His staff then handed out envelopes of cash to the crowd. After the speech, Duterte was heard telling concerned workers, if you lose your job, I'll give you one. Kill all the drug addicts. He then said, help me kill addicts and let's kill addicts every day. That's insane. All right. That's enough of that. He must not believe that recovery is possible. <laughs> Probably not. But he, you know, in a, in a eugenics sense, he's on to something. What's eugenics? Eugenics uh, stands for good genes. And it really started the movement, I think, with the Nazis. And it's like you go through and you kill people. If you kill people that people deem inferior. So it would be if he went and killed the drug addicts and if... Addiction is a 60 to 70% genetic loading, then there'd be less drug addicts because they couldn't procreate. Right, but I'm under, the own, I'm under my own uh, belief that even though, you know, most drug addicts are a real drain on society, there's a nice portion of them that really provide a lot for society. Yeah, I, I don't subscribe to eugenics, just so you know. Well, I'm saying I don't think, I think that the Filipino, you know, I think in America... You know, in the world, drug, I mean, drug addicts have been responsible for a lot of great stuff. Oh, totally. Actually, remember Bob Forrest was talking about the drug addicts. They're the people in the foxhole and say, let's go get them. And they go over the, fo- you know what I mean? They win wars. They're the Navy SEALs. They're like the crazy people. You know, they're creative and they do cool shit. Um, and actually, we've talked about this on the show before. There's a theory that um, the um, genetic mutation that causes addiction was actually an adaptive advantage for a long time because when we were like nomadic and shit or whatever and we found the fucking berries we would eat all the fucking berries like the addicts would actually tend to live longer and stuff because they were so like hyper vigilant about pursuing things that made them feel good which before man crushed grapes and created booze and shit was like food and stuff like that. But hey, then who once says that who you often I think say it was, that. it was on radio lab. No, but you often say it was like a neuroscientist on radio lab. No, one of your things, one yeah. of your expressions is man crushed grape. Uh, is there yeah. a book or is no? There I some... think it's a twelve. It's a it's a it's totally a. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm like just from hearing myself say it, I'm pretty sure I Bill said it because that's something since man it's crushed his lang- grape. It's his language. Now, totally. just for the sake of the hundredth episode of Dopey, I'm going to read a list. A very influential drug addicts of the past. You ready? Yeah. Uh, the first one I don't really feel good about, so I'm going to skip it. No, you have to say it now. Alistair Crowley. Oh, Mr. Crowley? Mr. Crowley. <laughs> he's so annoying. Have you ever... I, I mean, that guy's annoying. Um, I'm going to... He's a preeminent magician of the early 20th preeminent. century. What did I say? Preeminent. It's a preeminent. All right. What's the next one? Jesus Christ. Two, Charles Dickens. He wrote A Christmas Carol. Tell yeah. it to your Number three, Ernest Hemingway. Hemingway. He was just an alcoholic, though. Um, but alcoholism. Remember Francis? He hmm. loved Hemingway. Edgar Allan Poe. Howard Hughes. Wow, I didn't know he was a drug addict. Did you know that? No. 
He was addicted to opiates. Oh, whether Howard Hughes was addicted to opiates remains a matter of contention. However, he did take a lot of opiates uh, throughout his life, perhaps to quell his mind initially. That's why I took opiates, to quell my mind. Yeah. Um, who's Lily? John Lily. <gasps> That's the dolphin guy. John Lilly. Oh, the guy who took the... Yeah. Who, John, John um, Lilly focused on the emerging science... He's a neuropsychiatrist in isolation tank. Do you want me to read this to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Lilly, and they just call him Lilly, yeah. uh, was... That's so annoying. Fucking the next one is Kurt Cobain. Like, they don't put John Lennon in front yeah. of Kurt Cobain. Anyway. John Lilly focused on the emerging science of consciousness in the 1950s. And he started off with sensory isolation aided by a dark tank that was soundproofed so subjects could float in complete isolation. This research on consciousness was expanded to include drugs in the 1960s, and he quickly started experimenting with LSD and ketamine. He also claimed to speak with dolphins and tried to teach them a language. That's when Harvard probably let him go. Yes. This use of LSD would affect his work substantially during this period, and it left him ostracized from his peers, who were conducting work in a normal manner. Scientists have tried to replicate his work with dolphins and have consistently reported difficulties. In short, Lily's work was partially based on his drug use. Then we have Kurt Cobain. And, well, and, and then I think the movie Altered States came was basically inspired by his story, too. Okay. Okay, Kurt Cobain. What's after Kurt Cobain? Marilyn Monroe. Meh. Uh, she's legendary for her stage performances, even though she's often what cast... What was Marilyn addicted to? Like uh, barbiturates. barbiturates. Yeah, she's old school. Yeah, put her out. Two and all and second all reds and whites. I guess For the so. old-time Dopey Nation members still listening to... What about the red, the, just the red and the white? And that's the Hells Angels as well. Because they were into those pills. I don't think so. I think so. I think it's the colors of their stuff. Red and white, but the, they were, they'd be like, yo. They were probably into they'd be like, it. Hey, I don't think they call them the red and whites. I don't think they whites. call them the red and white because of. You don't think so? No. Okay. Well, if you're a Hells Angel, write, us, yes. write, write, write an email. Yeah. Let us know. Put in a review. Philip K. Dick, who is some kind I don't of. Know who that is. He's a writer. Uh, Tchaikovsky, Robert Downey Jr., Samuel I had the Taylor, same attorney as Robert Downey Jr. Coleridge, Freud, Stephen King. We should get Stephen King on Dopey. How does Kurt Cobain get above, like, Freud? People like him. Yeah. He's a handsome songwriter. Sad state. He's a great songwriter, but I wouldn't put him in front of Vincent Van Gogh or William Wilberforce. (laughs) Who the fuck is that? William Wilberforce is perhaps best known for being the leader of movement to abolish the slave trade in England. You know, recently... I didn't even know there was a slave trade in England. We're learning a lot right now. Should I finish the list or fuck it? How many are left? They suck. How many are left? Uh, Three. Do it, of course. Sherlock Holmes is a fictional character. How do they put a fictional character? Is he a fictional character? Yes. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle created him. Fictional characters do it. This is a dumb fucking list. Another fictional character. House. House? This is the worst list I ever saw. We should be on this. Do you think we'll make this list ever? Maybe you will. (laughs) I don't think I will. Who's next? That's it. That's the whole list. No, but in other news, now that we've talked about the uh, English slave trade, and of course there are other great drug addicts. My favorite drug addict, uh, Miles Davis, John Lennon. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. What about Artie Lang? (laughs) Artie Lang. (laughs) Um, What was I going to... Fucking Artie, man. I can't even get over that meeting. 
I really, it, it really hurts me because I met him and I had no. I know impact. you were upset because you met him, hung out with him, and you didn't even tell me right away. You're just like, I'll tell you some other time. <laughs> it's fucking bad. Yeah. And also now, I talk about it and he's not. He hasn't come on. Yeah. I just kind of want to bash him. Yeah. He has a new podcast with um, you know the radio. Have you ever heard? You don't know anything, but have you ever heard of the radio show Opie and Anthony? No. It was like a, one of these Howard Stern pretenders that Howard Stern hated. Yeah. Now Artie's on it instead of Opie, so it's Artie and Anthony. They call it the AA show. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, this, whatever. Artie's very funny on it. I, I listen to it. Like, I love to say he's not funny, but he's very funny. Yeah. I, I just love him. Yeah. Um, but I was reading that list, and they talked about the end of the English slave trade, and it reminded me of an email that we recently got. Oh, should I find it? Yes. Would you remember what his name was? It was like Moopy or something. I thought something. it was like Darky. No, he <laughs> said Darkies. He used the word Darkies. Yeah. It was a young man or woman or old I'll, man. I'll search for Darkies. That'll find Or a woman who claimed that Dopey, uh, the podcast about... It's from Mookie. Look at that, dude. All right, I'm just going to read it. Um, he says, Why are you guys so blatantly negative to minorities? I mean, I get that you were never around us prior to your drug addiction, and I get that you have only dealt with dealers slash users that were darkies, but damn, if you actually do want to grow your podcast slash brand, you should attempt to be a little less openly disdainful of minorities while on air. And then um, I wrote back, This email was upsetting. Totally didn't mean to come off that way. Neither Dave nor I hold any hatred in our heart except for ourselves. And I thought we discriminate equally across all race and creed. Seriously, though, we will try and be more conscious about things. Definitely didn't mean to disrespect anyone. And did Mookie write back? Mookie never wrote back. Maybe it's uh, Mookie Wilson from the New York Mets. <clears throat> or Mookie, or Mookie Blaylock. Blaylock. You know what the? Uh, do you know how, what Mookie Blaylock inspired? You should know this, dude. If you don't know this, I'm just a huge leg up on you. Please tell me. The Pearl Jam album Ten. The number ten is Listen. actually after Mookie Blaylock. I'm not into Pearl Jam. Yeah, but you're into rock knowledge. Dude, but I don't give a fuck about. I Pearl. love Pearl Jam. You know, I'm still alive. You don't like Pearl Jam. <laughs> know it pretty well. Listen, I'm not, it's just smacks of effort to me. Pearl Jam's great, dude. Listen, people love Pearl Jam. It's one of those things, I have to say, that I am one of these people that really suffers contempt prior to investigation. And it happens to me in everything. Yeah, you hate everybody. I hate everybody and everything. Until I decide not to anymore. Did I ever tell you this story? When I was young... I worked uh, at MTV when I was in high school. You told me that. And in 1991, um, it was before Nirvana did Smells Like Teen Spirit, they were playing there in the MTV studio, and they gave me tickets to see Nirvana. (laughs) And I was like, fuck Nirvana, man. And I gave the tickets to my friend, Yeah. and he went, and now they show them playing the song I love, and my friend's standing right there, and I didn't go. That's hilarious. It's just classic. It's just the way my mind works. I'm I'm a a hater. You know, I I hate before I love. And Pearl Jam... Yeah, speaking of that, um, Annie's going to be here in about an hour. You want to meet her? Yes. Oh, wow. I do. Um... Because I'd like to... I'd I'm like, going to hold you to that. 
I, I, as my plant. All right. I, I want to change. I don't want to be like this. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm, pretty old. I don't think you're going to be able to change. I can change. Yeah. Change is possible. Yeah. It's not likely. Listen. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Well, then what does that say for you? <laughs> it says that every addict should be dead, so I can't fully subscribe to that. You should be lauding me and my wants to change. Of course. Of course. I'll I want it. to change. I'll feed it. I just gave you an opportunity and you took it. You don't nourish anything. You nourish nothing. <laughs> I nourish my belly and my food addiction. Now, listen. I want to say that I don't like Pearl Jam. Uh... I don't like it. I don't. I don't like it the way he sings. You know what's funny is whenever I listen to Pearl Jam, you know what I listen to at the same time. I have like I have this thing where I listen to like um, multiple rap people or like bands at the same t- time, and I create playlists of like two groups usually. And um, hold on, you're saying you create a playlist? I'll create a playlist, and there'll be two things on it. You know, like just like how I roll. So when you, how like often I like Jay Z and Wu Tang, Tupac and Biggie, and Pearl Jam and Nirvana. <laughs> You're you're like a trailblazer. Who's ever heard of Tupac and Biggie and Jay Z and this that's, is that's what I'm saying. Does. I just think certain things complement each other, and for some reason, I put Nirvana. Do you know Pearl why Jam Nirvana movies. and Pearl Jam complement each other? I don't know. It sounds good to me. They came out of Seattle at the same year. They were like best friend bands. They tore my ears tuned into shit I don't even know about. Did you not know that? No. Do you have a voicemail? I'm tired of listening to us. I know that. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, I did know that. Nirvana came from there. I do have a voicemail. It's okay. a real quick one. Let's go. Wow, you're really sick of this. How do you think we're doing on the 100th episode? I think it's about as good as the 50th. <laughs> What's up, Dave and Chris? My name is also Chris. I'm 19 years old, and I've been listening to Dopey since, like, October 2016. Uh, I love the show. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Uh, right now, I'm just going back and listening to some of the old podcasts. And right now, I'm listening to episode 29, where you guys talk about PCP. Uh, that just reminded me of a story I wanted to share with you guys. But before we get into the story, I just wanted to give a little bit of background information. So um, every few weeks, when I was like 16 or 17, I would go over to my friend's house. For the sake of the story, we'll just call him Buddy. So when I would go over to his house, he had like a house that he lived in that was foreclosed and there was like a wall right down the middle of the house so it split it into two separate houses and for some reason like the electricity was still going to the house and like they still had running water and stuff i don't know how but you know um so anyway when i would go over there every once in a while like we would always smoke a ton of weed and get drunk and just get super fucked up and his mom lived there who was like a crackhead and she was in jail at the time and then her his mom's boyfriend mike was there and he was like drunk all the time and uh i mean he wasn't mean or anything he was just kind of funny to be around and the one time we're over there we're just smoking a ton of weed getting drunk and mike's playing the music like really loud so we go up and talk to him and we're like dude mike you gotta turn the music down and he had one of those voices that was like you know like after years of smoking and drinking and all that stuff so we're talking to mike and we're like look man you got to turn the music down he's like "Ah, i don't know how to so my buddy's trying to turn the music down and we're like super fucked up so i guess it's hard for him to do or he's like trying to figure out mike's password or something and i'm just sitting there talking to mike for a little bit and uh Like, I'm just super high, so I'm just laughing at everything he says in that funny voice. And he looks at me, and he's like, Yeah, you know that band Motorhead? And I'm like, yeah, I know Motorhead. You know that that, that Ace of Spades? 
ace of spades and at this point i'm just like completely losing my shit and he looks at me and he's like yeah i want to get a t-shirt when their logo on it and i'm like yeah mike that'd be really cool man so my buddy turns down the music we go back downstairs we're like playing video games and just basically getting more fucked up at this point not even like an hour later mike sat back upstairs like playing the music really fucking loud again so we go back up and at this point i mean he's like always drunk but he's just really drunk at this point so uh, my buddy goes up there he's like turning the music down and i talk to mike and i'm like hey mike you know that band motorhead he's like yeah i love that band i'm like oh so you know that song ace of spades right and he's like oh that's my favorite song you know and i'm like I think I should get a t-shirt with their logo on it. I think that'd be really cool. And he puts his arm around me and he looks at my buddy and he goes, I I like this guy. So I always thought that was really funny about Mike. And another quick one about Mike. Um, One time he was telling me that my buddy tried to drink like a whole bottle of Vladimir vodka by himself and keep in mind we're like 16 17 at the time. So I go over there and Mike's down in my buddy's room and he's like, yeah, buddy here tried to drink a whole bottle of Vladimir by himself, and he threw up in the bathroom and passed out in the tub. And then he looks at my buddy for, like, five seconds straight, just, like, kind of swaying there because he's super drunk, and he looks at him and he goes, Fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah, Mike's, Mike's a fucking trip. But um, now I'm going to get to that PCP story. So there was this one guy that would always come around, and we called him Crackhead Steve because he was a crackhead, and his name was Steve. Okay, so, um, yeah, him and Mike would, like, smoke PCP all the time and shit. And then this one time, uh, Crackhead Steve is over there, and I guess he steals a hot dog from my buddy that was, like, in the fridge. And they were they're, like, pretty poor. So, like, just the fact that this guy would take a hot dog without asking my buddy was, like, it just made him pretty mad. So, um, Crackhead Steve goes over to him, and, like, he starts trying to fight him, my buddy. And my buddy pushes him, and Crackhead Steve falls down on his ass, and he's like, Now look what you made me do! And he, like, shit his pants, right? So, um, my buddy calls the cops, because Crackhead Steve's over here just trying to start shit. And uh, when the cops come, Steve comes out. He's, like, strung out of his mind. So he walks out the door, and he's, like, holding a cat by the back legs between his legs and, like, trying to make it seem like that's the reason that he's innocent or something. And uh, and anyway, he ended up getting arrested with Mike, which was kind of a bummer because at that point, like, Mike was just my best friend. <laughs> so... I hope you guys like the story. Uh, love you guys. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. I love that. I just I like the Motorhead thing. The Motorhead. Dude, thing I, all Motorhead. those voices are so funny. I think you love voices in general. Well, this guy's just—he's <laughs> funny. <coughs> I also think it was funny because I have problems, obviously. But one day you called me up and you were like, "Dude, did you hear the new voicemail?" And I was like, "No." And then you told me the Motorhead story with the voices. Oh. You told me the whole story. Was it, did I do a good job? Yeah. It was just so funny to me, like, that you, you did the exact, it's just. It was, was it, I was pretty close? Yeah, I thought you did a great job. Um, I just saw something that I wanted to read real quick. Um, it was a, a message we got on Instagram that, um, we don't read enough of these messages. Okay. But this is from a girl, her name is either Christy or Nicole, I'm not going to give her Instagram thing out, right? Okay. Uh, she says, she sent us a, a, a 
Instagram post that Chris reposted, and then she wrote um, it was about Bean, and you wrote and she, it was like something about Bean waiting. For oh yeah, sleep. yeah, yeah, waiting for drug dealer. Yeah. And then she wrote, "Thought you guys would get a kick out of this." LOL. Love your podcast, by the way. It's literally the only one I listen to. Hashtag Dopey Nation. And you wrote, ha, 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 this is great. And I love Mr. Bean because I'm a total loser. And then she wrote, it got me pretty good, LOL. Also, on a more serious note, I want to thank you guys. I was an occasional user and had quit for about a year or so, but recently relapsed and went on a five-month dope binge and got myself addicted. Some bad shit ended up going down, and I had drained my bank account and decided that I needed to quit using I went through detox at home without any help from any kind of medical treatment. While looking for recovery podcasts, I came across yours. All the other ones I found completely sucked. BTW, by the way. Yes. If I hadn't, if I hadn't have had you guys to listen to and hadn't help, have had, wow. If I hadn't have had, <laughs> what's an easier way to say haven't had? had? Haven't had. If I hadn't, if I hadn't had you guys, yeah. haven't have had you guys to listen to. <laughs> And help me get through it. I'm not sure I would have been strong enough. About four months clean now. I still enjoy listening to you guys regularly. So thank you for helping me through the hard times. Awesome. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Beautiful. And, and I mean, this reminds me of the fact that we tend to not read a lot of the emails. I know. Of so many people I out there. Because we just can't get to them all anymore. We also just, I think we both, the ADD is very pronounced. No, we, we legitimately can't get to them all. We do have ADD and we, we don't read the ones even that we want to read. That's what I'm ADDs, talking about. Yeah. yeah. But we can't, we could never could read them all or play all the voice memos anymore. We could. It would just be annoying. <laughs> I'm just saying we hear from a we hear from a ton of people who are like just at that cusp of getting it together or trying to and and I feel really really happy and cool that you and I as much as we hate ourselves and think our show is stupid and whatever stinky sorry um <laughs> however much we do that you know um we have an impact on people, and it's just, uh, it's amazing. You it's know? good. It's good stuff. And next week, we'll be calling Hot Wheels. It's not next. Oh, next week we will. I yeah. hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, Can I read something real quick? Okay, so guys, this is from a couple years ago. Uh, my friend works uh, for an addiction treatment company, right? And I don't know if Dave's going to like this because it's something silly I used to do for fun. But uh, So my friend worked for this addiction treatment company, and one of the services that they offered was intensive wilderness uh, adventures or something like that. And um, Is it the place you work? It, yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, it was a place I worked for the summer for a little bit. Don't you still work there? And technically, I'm on the books. Uh, so anyway, so weird. <laughs> so anyways, um, I, uh, so they had these intensive wilderness so Why wouldn't you say this place that we worked together? Because I didn't work there at the time. I worked in Brooklyn. At the time of the email? At the time of this email, I was working in Brooklyn and he was working at that company. And now you both work together at... at no, that. now he doesn't work. He hasn't worked for the company for years and I'm still in the books for this company. I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he worked for this company and they offered this thing called like intensive wilderness experiences, which I knew nobody ever used, right? There was like back country and front country and it was basically like you're a drug addict and like you go out and live in a tent with somebody in the wilderness for like a while, one-on-one, Right. And so anyways, I emailed him. I decided I was going to fuck with him about this. So I created a fake email address, a fake name, and I started emailing him, all right? I'm going to read you the email thread. I said, Gabriel, 
My name is John. I recently got out of treatment and suffered a relapse. My dad got your brochure from some therapist. I am particularly interested in the wilderness intensives that you offer, primarily the backcountry campaign. I've always loved nature and I want to deepen that connection. I have some questions I'd like to ask before we proceed to determine if this whole thing is feasible. Number one, I have a long list of dietary restrictions, which is largely due to an iron deficiency. Also, I am a vegetarian. Consequently, my diet consists of a lot of artichokes and clams, but both are available in cans. They are the only things I really like to eat. I also need daily injections of vitamin B12, but I'm able to do that myself. Number two, I have an English Labrador who loves to frolic in the woods. I think he would be a great companion on the trip. Could he come? I know this is asking a lot, but people spent time in the woods for years prior to modern science. Jay Woodworth. So then uh, Gabe writes back and he says, Hi, John. Thanks for reaching out. Our wilderness intensives are designed differently for each individual. Your dietary concerns shouldn't be an issue as long as you can be cleared by a doctor to go on the trip. As for your dog, it is worth a discussion, but my main concern is that it may limit your options as far as locations and activities are concerned. Different wilderness areas have different laws with regards to dogs. I'd be happy to talk to you on the phone about the possibility about setting up a wilderness intensive. Is there a good number to call you on? Or feel free to call me at blah, blah, blah. Thanks and have a good day. Gabe. And then I write back. Hey, Gabe. Thanks for the quick response. Yeah, it would be totally great if I could bring my dog. Total bummer that some areas restrict bringing a canine companion. As for the activities, there's got to be a way we could integrate Meatball into the adventure. Meatball is my dog. He's a real trooper. One time we tied a harness to him and had him do the ropes course with us. He threw up afterwards, but he was wagging his tail the whole time. What's a good time to call you? And could you video chat with me and Meatball? John. And then Gabe writes back, Hi, John. Any time today after 2 p.m. would be a good time to call. I'm on the road for the next couple of days, so a video chat would be hard, but I might be able to set up something for Friday. Let me know what works for you. Gabe. And then I, then I respond and say, Meatball loves the road. One time we took him on the road with us for a few days and let him drive the car. Not really, though. He just sat on my lap while I used the pedals and steered from the bottom of the wheel. We got pictures, though, and they really look like he's driving. Have you ever done anything like that? <laughs> Gabe writes back. That sounds like a lot of fun. I don't have a dog, but sometimes on long drives, my cat likes to sit on my lap, and I pretend he's driving us. Why did he write good that? Times, good times. Why did he write that? Um, he, uh, I don't know, because he thought it was he was trying to be nice. You, you're, you're right. You got problems. I knew you wouldn't like that. It's that, like that's the, literally what I did one day at work. I just spent hours like thinking of what I was going to say. It's <laughs> like it's like the the it's like you love yourself so much, and the I it's like it's beautiful. I thought it, I hate myself. It's a mix. <laughs> it's like a wintry mix because it's like the. You take, you're like, I'm so funny. Meatballs on my lap. Diggy, diggy, diggy. I'm so funny. Typing. And then this poor fox is like, I'm in my cat in my lap, too. We're so funny and cute. And you're both fucking with each other. And now. No, he's not fucking. He was being serious. Because he really drives with a cat in his lap. No, but he was trying to make your character happy. He didn't know it was a joke. Of course. Yeah. And then, like you. He was trying to make you happy. He was trying to get the sale. <laughs> he was, to drive he was trying to cat. make a sale. Yeah. Um, listen, that's really funny stuff. Yeah. That's great. 
I, I like it's it. It's not your brand of humor. I, I, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not my, no, I'm lazy and cheap. Well, we, I, so This I, is a more expensive, so, like, painstaking brand of humor. So, so I read these to Joe Schrank, and then Joe had the idea of let's call and email Malibu Rehabs and prank them, which we did, and that was the piece that Vanity Fair bought and then squashed, and then... So that that whole piece started because of these email threads. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's like honestly, it, it's annoying a little bit, but again, it's my contempt. It's not really annoying. I think it's cool that you did it. Yeah, I do. I think, and I think it's funny. Um, should almost. Do, should we do regrets? You're Ugh. just chomping at the bit to do regrets. I haven't mentioned it since we started. <laughs> you really want to do it? I, the thing. Well, first, I you know I've been using that phrase a lot, chomping at the bit. Yeah. Why? Because of uh, Jed Payne from Church and Other Drugs. He said it once, and I was like, I haven't heard that in a long time. It's funny. I sent Jed a hat, but I forgot his last name, so I just wrote Jed. Oh, whatever, man. Um, I wanted to talk about... Should I say the guy's last name? Wait, who is it? Show me. Which guy? The top. I don't know who that is, so yeah, I guess. Okay. I'm not going to say his last name. There's this guy that lives in this neighborhood. His name is David. Okay, it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> he lives in the neighborhood I grew up in. He grew up in the building right there. And we would ride the school bus together, okay? Yeah. And when I was in sixth grade, and this piece is called David, whatever his last name is, yeah. on the nature of people. Okay. okay. When I was in sixth grade, it was at the end of the year, it was a beautiful spring day, and I had a water gun full of water. And I sat in the back of the bus, and he was, David was a year older than me. Yeah. And he was a big nerd. Yeah. Like, and he was very awkward. Yeah. And he invented something in the our school science fair called a waterless toilet. Yeah. And, but he couldn't pronounce water, so he'd say water, waterless toilet. <laughs> and I was in sixth grade, I was like, you can't even say water? But anyway, I would sit, water. It's kind of like the way you would put it. said water. Yeah, something like that. So I, I sat in the back of the bus, and he comes on, and I start shooting him with the water gun. And I, I'm shooting him in the face. You're a bully. I was yeah, you're younger than him. I didn't think I could be a bully. Yeah. And then he's like, and, and I don't. I've never been like this kind of a person. But, yeah. But for some reason, on this day on the bus, I, I so I shoot him in the face with the water gun. In the face or in the back of the head? I think both. Okay. And then in the face is that just degrading? And then I think he was like, <laughs> he was like, stop squirting me. Yeah. And I'm like, man, stop <laughs> squirting. Yeah. And he comes up to me, and he's like, and he's, he's lunging, he's like, stop, he's yeah. crazy. He lunges at me like this with his fingers out. Like a raptor. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, like a raptor. Yeah. And I hit him, on, I pistol whip him with the water gun, <laughs> but then he starts scratching my face. Yeah. And he's like, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. And I'm cut up. He cut up my face with his fingernails. Yeah. And my mom was like, I can't believe it. You know, she didn't blame me. I, it's funny. That's the only story I've ever told like that, where she 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 called his mother. Oh, because your mom usually would blame you. Always. Yeah. And and this one your now that's a tough lady, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And now that I tell the story, it was totally my fault. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he didn't have to scratch <laughs> on my you, face. You didn't tell your mom the whole story. No, I I am pretty sure I did. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, the other day, I'm walking down the street. It was yesterday. And I see him. No way. That's so funny. Well, it's just the neighborhood. Do you think he remembers it? I never... I don't know. I wish you asked him and recorded it. I didn't even say hello. Oh. I just saw him walking down the street and he had that same haunted nerd look in his face. And it made me just think. He looked at me 
And I was wearing... Did he know who you were? It looked like he had a recognition. I was wearing an Oyve shirt with my suit jacket because I'm going to the wedding. And I see my, my backpack and my yeah. Yankee cap. And I was just thinking, I'm probably exactly the same kid that squirted him in the face with a water gun. And he's the same nerd that Making scratched a me. toilet. Yeah. And people don't really change. And it was just this thought. He looked, he had that same look on his face. And I'm sure I did too. You know, and it's like... It's, it's very surreal. It was, I was 11 years old. I mean, you had a brief little or a long little journey with drug abuse, but you're still that kid. It's just interesting, the nature of people. Yeah. That it takes a lot to really change. I really like this story. I don't know why. Why? I just like it. Why? Because I think there's just certain traits or temperament, if you will, um, from when we are kids that are stable and don't change. And I think you probably are that squirt. I mean, you squirt me in the face all the time. I know, but I like, I don't really see my, it's not, it's just like, it's interesting, like, what it takes for a person to really change, it's it's gargantuan. Yeah. Like, to really change. Yeah. Like, and I mean, and like, a person who was born to be fit is probably fit when they're a kid. Fit physically? Physically fit. A person who's ambitious and organized is probably like that when he's 11. Yeah, I think well, I think people do change, but I totally agree with you. There's a lot of shit that's just stable, as I said. It stays throughout the lifespan. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. Tell me about the two old people at the You want me to tell two stories in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are just non-drug stories. You said whatever. I said it, too. Oh, fuck. Whatever. It's fine. No, people have been telling you, you got to bleep it. Can you please make a no, note? No, no, no. It's okay. Phone? Yeah, I got it. I got it. It's in the vault. Ugh, you never bleep it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking we at were flirting with the notion of not being non anonymous. I realized we're not going to do that. Okay, I'll bleep it. Let me put it in my phone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll text you about it later, but yeah. it's important. Yeah. Okay. Just, I don't know if you guys like my restaurant stories or not. It doesn't yeah. really matter. But this is a story that I, I have to tell. Yeah. I work in this old restaurant, and I hate it. Old famous restaurant. Yes, and I hate it. Um, and it kills me, and I need to get out of it. Okay, let me just interrupt here for a second and say that Dave, yeah, he hates it, but Dave also has a deep, deep love for it and the people that work there. I say what I always say. When I get out of it, I will reflect on it as one of Miss my it. favorite jobs ever. Yeah. But while I, it's like I'm up to my eyeballs. Oh, it bullshit. sucks. It's like if you could go there. I walked 27,000 steps there yesterday. If you could go there and do like an hour and talk to them, but you do these fucking 12-hour shifts. That's like, I. that's a lot, dude. Also, so what you do, and it's fucking cranked. And it's sometimes there's a lot of feuds. Like I'm Ooh. fighting like feuds. No, you feed off the feuds. There's one thing I can you say like about insulting feuds. your customers. Well, that's you different. like being like, oh, I'm so witty and funny. <laughs> but the but the thing about a feud, the most amazing thing about real concentrated anger, yeah. fear, feuding, resentment, time really passes fast. <laughs> you know, if I'm angry during a shift, it's like if shift's over, that anger really carried me through. It's entertaining, totally. It's not boredom. You can't be bored and angry. It's a vortex <laughs> of fucking yeah. anger, though. Yeah. Anyway. Every Sunday morning, you know, I'll correct that. If the Sunday morning, sometimes in the store, it's incredibly slow and nobody comes in. And and then, you know, it's me and Ishmael in the morning on Sundays, okay? And sometimes we come in at 9. And from 9 to 11, we're the only two waiters. And if it's busy, 
it's a ton of work. It, it's it's a 12, 12 plus tables each. Yeah. If it's slow, we sit there and we talk about life and this and that. Um, if it's busy, every week, this old Jewish couple comes in. Their names are Ira and Diane. Okay. Ira and Diane are these... You saw them. Yes, I remember. You said I had some story about it, and you were going to tell me later, but you never did. They're these very decrepit old Jewish people that come in. I think I asked you what's the deal with those people, because they looked weird. Now, Ira Ira has to be 80 or 78 years old, and Diane is probably 70, 75. And they were tour guides for the Lower East Side. And... They are the most particular people in the world, and they are the most annoying. They come in, and and and, and Ishmael goes, "You remember the John Cougar song, Jack and Diane? You know, here's a little ditty about Jack and Diane." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Ishmael doesn't know their names. He goes, "David, it's Jack and Diane." <laughs> oh, <laughs> he doesn't instead know of Ira name. and Diane. He goes, he goes, "Listen, the first time I had to take care of them, he said, listen, I need you to take care of these two. And I said, why?'" He goes, they wrote a letter about me to the store. And nobody's <laughs> ever said anything about Ishmael. And yeah. they wrote a two-page email saying that Ishmael wasn't nice to them, and Ishmael this, and Ishmael really? that. And then I go over, I take care of them. And he, she's like, hello, my name is Diane, I'm a tour guide, this is my friend Ira. Hello, David, I'm Ira, can I please have a menu? It's like, fine. They're like, we'd like two coffees with hot milk in it. <laughs> I, I said, okay. They're like, and we need Splenda. And then I said, okay. So I bring them. They go, David, the milk is not hot enough. Uh, could you please warm up the milk? It's like, okay. And she goes, and we need more Splenda. So I bring like three Splendas each. And yeah. I put them. She go, and she beckoned me with this her fingers. Yeah. She go, she go, David, I'm just going to give you a heads up. We need seven Splendors each. <laughs> seven. How the fuck is... That's like 14 sugars. Then she goes, and could you call the manager out? To like, complain about you? She needs to talk to the manager every time she's there. Yeah. And then she goes, and, and I need the menu. I said, Diane, you've been coming here for 20 years. I know what you're going to get. You, need you said the, that? I said, you need the menu? You said that? I said, I was going to get the matzo brai, and you're going to get cheese blintzes with extra sour cream. You need the menu? I said, is this really what you need? She you goes, need ah, you David, you're such a kidder. <laughs> get, get me Kevin. Okay, Kevin comes out, and then and I'm working. Station's fucking full. Yeah. And Kevin calls me over. Uh, Dave, um, Diane feels like you're being a little short with her. I was like, Kevin. She need, she, and, then, and then I'm going nuts, and I'm like, she, I know what she's going to get. And then I get to her again, and she goes, David... I'm going to get the cheese blintzes. Can you please give me a little extra sour cream? <laughs> and Ira goes, I'm going to have the matzo bride. <laughs> Man, this, he's like fucking... Are they laughing because you were right? No. They're like crazy old They people. called you a kidder, so they have a sense of humor. I get back to work. And when I say two hours pass, and there's, st- I have to move them out of the waiter service to the side because they stay for two hours at a time. Yeah. It's just... David, do you think we could get a refill on our coffee and seven more Splendas? Oh, my God. It's not as funny as a story no, as it is No, it's experience. fucking great. If you look at them... Dude, I should take a picture and we could post it, but that's you probably... Brilliant. No, take a picture, of course. These people, 
They sound the tour guides are annoying in general. Even the really good tour guides that are funny and captivating, I still think they're annoying. And then every other waiter goes, "Dave, look at your best friends." And Ishmael goes, "I was Jack and Diane." <laughs> I just love that he calls oh them God. Jack and Diane. Oh, you're really gonna miss this job. Regrets, regrets, none. What do you got, dude? I only I have so many regrets. I know your whole life is one big regret. I want me to name your biggest regrets. I want you. What are, you don't have any regrets. I have no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. So you're really not willing to get. You're only willing to like brag about what drugs you take and what you know. You've got no zero, zero regrets. Uh, I sometimes I regret a little bit that when I was in high school and I played sports that I never. Um, I get like shit faced the night before games and stuff. It's like nobody did. I'm like I never really tried like hard. You know. Like, so you regret that. A little bit, but not like a lot. I regret that, um, I, I regret from my drinking that I have permanent damage in certain areas, like my my shoulder and my neck, and there's like certain things, my ankles are fucked up, and there's certain things physically I can never really do, you know? Because of that. So I regret the damage to my body from drug use sometimes. What about the eating? Uh, I regret not applying myself in school. How about eating? I don't really regret that because I need it. I cling to it still. Okay. I reg- I mean, that can always change. My regrets are like things that I, I can't change. You know what I mean? Like, it's too late. I regret... <clears throat> I regret... This is a dumb regret. I regret that I didn't... That I became a drug addict and I couldn't work in, like, the marijuana industry and enjoy harvest season with the grower stoners in Northern California. Yeah, see, but the thing with that, though, is, like, if you weren't an addict, like, what if that becomes your life? You know, if it was, like, a ski bum thing, you know, people graduate from college to be a ski bum for four years or two years, like, I think it would be cool in that sense, like, graduate from college and go be, like, a harvester for two to four years and have this, like, great thing, but I feel like people get trapped in that lifestyle and then you're just pathetic. You see, but you're only pathetic to, to the outsider. To the insider, you're the king of the mountain. Yeah, but you still got to come back to Brooklyn and go to weddings. And they're like, what do you do? But you're still... <laughs> I'm you, pathetic. <laughs> no, you're so fucking classically unaware, you still think you're king of the mountain. And you don't even care, dude. You come wearing right? a fucking Sergeant Pepper jacket. <laughs> you're like, I'm the fucking king. And then with this new shit, with this legalization, who knows? You could be a capitalist. You yes. could fucking cash in. That's out. not a real regret. That's a funny regret. Yeah. Real regret was that I wrote a blog that somebody said could be a book if I just wrote a 10-page oh proposal. No, no, no. Let me let me tell the story because as somebody who is a writer, sort of, and tried to publish a book... You think you're more of a writer than I am? Yes. Okay. Um, I got an offer for a book. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even write anything. It wasn't from your blog. It, it was from your YouTube series. And then the blog, he was like, oh, this guy doesn't suck at writing. No, it was the blog. Man. No, it wasn't the blog. I Trust me. It was... The traction that you got from your YouTube series, coupled with the fact that you wrote this little blog, and then in your blog, your writing was decent, and the guy's like, oh, he's capable of writing. I'm going to your blog. Hold on. Keep let me, talking. Let me, keep your, I'm listening. Okay, but your blog alone didn't get traction. It only got traction because your YouTube series got picked up. The whole thing with the publishing industry and proposals and nonfiction is your platform. The only reason was because you had a platform, and he's like, oh, this guy has, like, he can write a little bit. If you just wrote a little last you whatever it's called uh blog you wouldn't you wouldn't have gotten the, the the offer but anyways dopey nation his regret let me explain this is the funny part is i wanted to publish a book you write a proposal you send it out we sent out a proposal for dopey nation we got one little nibble from somebody so if anybody wants is in the publishing industry and wants to um uh publish the dopey book talk to us but anyways it's really fucking hard 
to get uh, an agent and to get somebody to pick up. I'm going to read. You can read what he says, but I just know the truth. Okay. David. Yeah. Great to meet you last week. And you put me down. You, you really... You, yeah. I've had a chance to read a bunch of your stuff online. I'm impressed and enthused. You're a natural. Really funny on the page. And based on what you shared during the meeting, I think this could make for a great memoir. This is ICM Publishing. Yeah. Uh... We talked briefly about putting... This is what I didn't do. We talked briefly about what putting a book proposal together would entail. If you are game, I'd like to start with the introduction synopsis overview portion, which is essentially page one of a proposal. The first thing an editor would read, which establishes who I am, why I'm writing this, and what this book is. For your story, I think this would begin with your decision to move home, be near your mother, and result of joining the blank workforce. For me, that's the point of entry... Blah, blah, blah. I know you're a busy guy. <laughs> fucking at yeah. home taking bonnets yeah. and watching 90210. Uh, so I think the best way to go about this is to do it in chunks. And this is a good place to start. Want to give it a shot? I imagine this should be about five to ten pages. For your information, the next thing I'll ask you to do is a sample chapter. This is my latest, yeah. biggest regret. Okay, so for the Dopey Nation, though, what I was saying was that um, there's all these writers out there who fucking would kill to have an agent or a publisher even look at their proposal. The market is just saturated. There's just fucking tens of thousands of these proposals, hundreds a day going out, and nobody even looks at them. And here's Dave. He actually has somebody email him first and says, hey, just write this 10-page thing. You might get a book deal. And Dave just sits. It just sits in his email. And then the best part, tell him what, when you responded. Three years later. Yeah. He literally, we wrote the dopey proposal. And so Dave responds to this email, which he never responded, three years later. I wrote, let's see what I wrote. Um, uh, hello, Daniel. This is three years later. Three years later. I hope you're well. <laughs> I'm hoping you remember me. I was working on a blog and web series called Blank. You thought it might spin well into a memoir. I agreed, but obviously never sent in the five to ten pages. I have, however, been working on another project you might find interesting. It is a book proposal for Dopey, the dark comedy of drug addiction. It is basically a book of short, terribly funny stories about drugs and addictions. Blah, 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 blah. I will say that this regret only really came to fruition like, and took hold because of me. Because I was like, let's write a Dopey proposal, and Dave's like... Oh, yeah, like, I think I got an email a while ago. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, some guy emailed me and wanted me to write a proposal. I'm like, do you realize what a big deal that is? Well, I know it was always a regret. Um, Another regret. I have so many regrets. But the truth is, you know, when you say, I have no regrets, it's like, that's a very heroic thing to say. And and when I say... I kind of mean it, though. When I say you're dishonest... It's like, I don't even have my regrets, to be honest with you. Mm. Like, because the truth is I have so much right now. Like, I have, I mean, like, I live in a shitty apartment by the railroad tracks, but I have a beautiful family who loves me that I'm accountable for, that I can support. You know, I'm... I'm at anybody's beck and call when they need me. I've got a friend that supports you through thick and thin. This guy right here. Whatever happens. You're the worst friend I've ever had. (laughs) Um, But besides that, I mean, like, I I like to say I have regrets. And while I'm working, all the regrets kind of pile on my head because I... Because you're serving sandwiches and you're like, fuck this. So tiring. Yeah. But, um, 
I think, um, you know, the, it's funny. The old people story and the regret story both sucked. Yeah. And I thought they were going to be so good. No, they were good. Actually, you just reminded me of something. It's we're be pivoting a little bit. Yeah. And I feel bad because we're not doing a lot of dopey stuff. But you will like this, okay? Yeah. So I was mentioning on the last episode or two ago how in school this year we're doing personality testing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I did a personality yeah, test I wanted on, to talk on myself. This. Yeah, there's um, and it's the first one. It's kind of the shotgun personality test. It's called the MMPI. It's 567 questions, right? And I scored in two subscales, um, potentially clinically ele- elevated, right? What does that mean exactly? It means um, if you get a certain score, if you get over a certain score, it's like indicates possible pathology. Okay. And then if you get over a score, the next score beneath that, it's like this is high and it's something you need to look at. So there was two things that I scored potentially clinically elevated okay. out of uh, 10 subscales, right? And those were psychopathic deviant and schizophrenia. I scored a 65 and a Were you honest on a, these quad tests? I scored a uh, what? Were you honest? Yeah, I was honest as I could be. And I scored a 66 and a 65 respectively. If you get a 65 or higher, you're potentially clinically elevated. If you get a 75 or higher, it indicates you might have like serious pathology there. So we're in class, right? And the uh, first of all, the teacher's going around and she just looks at all of them. And when we fill it out, you can fill it out as yourself or as a pretend patient because they can't ask you to fill out something. But I did it as myself. And so she's going around and she's looking at all of them and she's like, gosh, she's like, she's being funny. She's like, boring, 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 boring. And she gets to mine and she's like, oh, she's like. It's a little interesting. And then she's like, uh, she's like, yeah, it's still pretty boring, though. And then she goes on and, like, I think she just added that pretty boring thing. But she, she saw mine. She's like, pretty interesting. It was the first one she said that. And then she said it for a couple other people, too. So anyways, we're in class. And she pulls up a mean of the scores for uh, murderer, for serial killer, for 61, a mean of 61 serial killers, MMPI, who are in prison, right? And they scored high... On three subscales, the psychopathic deviant, schizophrenia, and paranoia. I just didn't have the paranoia one. And I show it to the girl next to me after she puts it up on the board, and she just wheels her chair away from me slowly. Did she really? <laughs> yeah. And she was being funny, but um, but then but it turns out, but the, it turns out the psychopathic deviant one that loads higher because the question it'll ask questions about drug abuse and criminal history, and it doesn't indicate resolution and time frame. So, like, you would score probably high on psychopathic deviant because it's, like, basically, have you done these drugs? Have you had a criminal history? So people who got clean and sober... So what kind of questions do they ask exactly? I don't even know. There's so many. And it's actually pretty hard. Like, it's just so many questions. It takes forever, you know? Like what? I don't even know. I mean, there's crazy questions. It's like, I've flown across the Atlantic ten times in the last year, true or false. You know, and, like, those obviously, you know... No, but it's, like, how many people are going to say... I, I shot coke. Uh, it, it'll be it'll, like no. It'll be like um, like I believe like the um, like authority figures are oppressive. It could be something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so they asked, and then what they did is they just gave this test to thousands and thousands of people, and then they normed it basically off of like mm-hmm. you know who had a diagnosis, who didn't, how certain people answered on it. Um, and it's outdated and stuff like that. I also scored extremely low on the masculine femininity scale. I had a 25, and if you get 25 or less, it means you are macho. That's actually the word they use. It's from 89 was the last version of the test. I think I do not consider myself macho. No, you just traditionally you, masculine. The, the truth is that you just you don't see yourself. Your favorite score on the thing is my K score. And you know what the K score was? My K score was a 26 out of 30, which is really elevated. 
And that indicates that you're potentially hiding something. Yeah. It's like smart lying, basically. To your defense, like, you just, you don't know yourself. Like, I don't know myself. Yeah. I totally don't know. That's very true. To very your true. defense. You know, it's like, you, you, like, would present as macho because you like how it sounds. More than, like, it really indicates what you're like. Yeah, I mean, my K is basically, like, you're full of shit. Well, none of this I think shit. I think you just have that. That's a weird... Listen, I'm certainly not perfect. I, I we, we, we come from things at different points of view. I know myself to, to the extreme, but, like, I hate myself and hate everybody else. Yeah, but when you're in the midst of one of your little, like, freakouts, you know what I mean? Like, it's... You, even if you know yourself, it doesn't stop you from freaking it, out. It's gone. You still freak out. Dude, the other... Tell them about the fucking message you got on Facebook on Dopey. That's a take down the article. Oh, my God. It's like, okay, there's this story. I, I don't even know where I saw it. Like, I'm just constantly trying to increase our brand. Yeah. Make our brand more interesting and yeah. fascinating. And, I, and I'm a member of a, a, a recovery group in New York called Dicks. Yeah. And on Dicks, I think, or, or maybe it was Share, on yeah. one of these fucking recovery subgroups, yeah. somebody put an article about Johnny's. Yeah, Gabapent, Neurontin, which people abuse and it's kind of bullshit. I didn't know anything yeah. about it. I, yeah. I know about Neurontin. I didn't know that was that, what that, that was. Yeah. I guess I didn't Gabapent read that. I guess Neurontin. I didn't read the article. Yeah. But, so I'm like, I just like that it was a pill called Johnny's and the yeah. headline said... This could be the new Oxycontin. And I was like, total bullshit. Whatever. Yeah. I, just, I don't care. And I just, you know, when you post most things, I figured I could post something. I yeah. feel, feel like I have a part to play. Yeah. So uh, I post this story, and all of a sudden, it captures the imagination of the Facebook universe yeah, more than most. 30 comments on it. 30 comments, and we didn't pay to boost it. Yeah. You know, so like, I'm like, mm. we never pay to boost shit anymore. Not a, no, but in the past, like, when something like that would happen, we'd put $10 on it. Or yeah, something. yeah. You know, and I, didn't, I was like, did I pay to boost this? Yeah. And then, um, then, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm feeling like I did something that was substantial. Yeah. And I'm riding on the LIR, and I'm watching... Fucking curb your enthusiasm, and uh, I'm bringing in this suit to to go to this wedding today in Brooklyn, and I have uh, I'm wearing the suit jacket like I said, yeah. and I'm carrying the suit pants in a, a plastic bag. So this is the same day as the story with David. Yeah. Okay. And um, I'm a lot of and that was also the same day I ran into Ray when he told me about the There's unholy trinity. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's a lot of stuff. Okay. So, um, fucking, it's funny, there's over three weeks now. <laughs> One morning. One a lot morning. of material. Oh. Um, I'm on the train, I'm watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, and, like, I just have to say, the music from that show is so catchy. Even telling you the story, it's coming into my head. Yeah. Right, right, right. You're you're on the train, you're on the train. I'm in a really in. You're on the train, you get the article. No, no, I'm on the train. Um, no, no, I posted it two days ago, and I said to Chris... This is weird. So many people are interested. And you were like, it is weird. And then... Anyway, so then we get into Penn Station and it says, so-and-so commented on the Facebook page. And I was like, this is exciting. Another comment. And I look at it and this guy had written that I shouldn't post it because it's clickbait and this and kids are going to want to do this drug because of it. And I wrote back. I wrote back, oh, well, I just thought the article was interesting. Thanks for your opinion. You know, yeah. or something like that. Then the next thing he writes is, pops up when I get into Penn Station, you should take it down. Yeah. Why don't you take it down? Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, I go white hot and cold at the same time. You texted me. No, no, no. I, I fucking... I, I just... I, I'm gone. Yeah. And it's just... This uh, is where Dave, knowing himself, goes out the window. That's I'm, how we got here. Because no, Dave I'm, gets in this state where he's just frantically angry and... And crazy. And crazy. Yeah, there's no reasoning. It happens to me all the time, actually. Yeah, sure. It's so depressing yeah. that, that I'm capable of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I lose my mind... I, I, and I, I get on Facebook and I, and, I'm, and I type in, why don't you go fuck yourself, you stupid fuck? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't want to start some Facebook thing. Yeah. So then I'm like, maybe Chris will know. And I, and I take out my phone and I text Chris, can you talk for a second? And then I'm like, then I go back to the Facebook thing and I'm up the stairs in the, in, in the Penn Station and I'm like, I left my fucking suit on the train because I left in such a fucking state of fucking duress. Did you get it back? Yeah, I went oh. back and it was sitting there. Oh. I'm like, do, 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 do. but and then I wrote back. And I wrote back. Um, have you listened to the podcast? Have you ever listened to the podcast? Which was the best response you could have put? That was a calm, collected response. Yeah, because I'm sure because it shut him down. Well, it occurred to me. He's saying bad shit. He probably if he listened to Dopey, he wouldn't ask me to take down Johnny's. From yeah, it's like who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, what what take totally. down Johnny's? Anyway, um, well I think that's it, man. No, no, we're no way no. over. Where are we? One ten. Well, and we got to play all the little voice things at the if end we of the episode. But, but but before we end, yeah, this is the hundredth episode of Dopey. Yeah, I want to do massive shout outs. Ugh. It's the hundredth episode. We're gonna forget somebody on the hundredth episode. I don't episode. care. Listen, anybody we forget, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to start. I will start with Troy. Troy, the first email. We already done. We did this like three episodes ago. I don't care. Okay, right, Troy. I'm doing Troy also. Be the second Troy. Yeah. I am gonna do the Australian crew. All of them in one. Okay. And Demeter. And she's okay. I'm gonna do the third Troy. From Texas. There's three... That's Trey. Oh, that's Trey. Sorry, Trey. You're going to do Trey? Trey. We're, it's your turn. You know, this is a bad episode. <laughs> yeah, you already blank. You already fucking I'm going to do, do my man Randy, who takes me to breakfast once in a while. Okay, I'll do uh, Christina, south of the equator. Nice. I'm going to do Belen Asri. You're, you can't look at your email. Why not? It's cheating. All right. Listen... How about Kelly, Steve, John, Cole, W, Leah, Tina, Jacqueline, Joel, Joel, remember Joel, Cormac, Cormac, Scott, Scott, how about Scott and, um, who's coming out of rehab again, whose wife was supposed to send us the baked goods, the cookies, Scott, Scott, how you doing, Crystal, the person that sent us, there's so many people, dude. We did Mookie. Now we're going to play. We never mentioned that we are not racist. We did. You just read the email, but we, we never clarified s- it. It said we're not racist. It said we discriminate equally. But I want to say this about that. The reason that we, we, we don't have anyone of color on the show is because we can't get them to come on the show. Yeah. Well, who have you tried to get on the show? People from work. Oh. The, the only, and I don't know a lot of people. The truth is that the people of color that we know... Um, aren't in recovery. They're not necessarily using. That's really racist. They're not necessarily using either. They're, I, do you know a lot of recovering uh, people of color? Plenty. You do? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. The, most of the people of color that I know aren't in recovery. Yeah. You know? And then, 
should I profile even harder? And at a meeting, when I see a person of color say, we don't have people of color. Can you come on my stupid podcast? How can I do that to You them? can't do that. No. So we do not discriminate. We do not discriminate. Okay, uh, let's wrap this shit up, dude. Cormac, Thayer, uh, fucking Matted Trance, Delondis, Tony... Eric, John. There's too many now. There's too many. Listen, that dude Tim from Philly. Yeah. Stay strong, my brothers and sisters. Stay strong. Please drop us a review. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Like Like us us on on Facebook. On Reddit. On um, all that stuff. Send us a voice memo. Best is to do it on your phone and email to us. Don't use our shitty ass fucking website. Yeah. Never use the speed Yeah. You get a minute and a half. It's all fucked up. Sucks. So just record it on your phone. Send it to us. Five to seven minutes. Sweet spot. Listen. We really appreciate the existence of the Dopey Nation. I'm sorry we didn't get super dopey. I had some dopey shit to talk about. We'll, we'll do it in the 101. Did we, we didn't, did we talk about drugs at all? A little bit. How the voicemail was druggy. Did we talk about recovery? I think we just talked about Ira and Diane and Meatball. <laughs> well, being sober is great. It's uh, a life beyond your wildest dreams. Don't leave until the miracle... Don't stop before the miracle happens. And Just give live it, and let live. This too shall pass. One day at a time. I want more reviews than Omar. I know you do. I don't think we're going to get him, man. He's taken off. That fucking share... Did you see Omar got a job at a, a treatment center in Costa Rica, and they advertised him as uh, this famous addiction personality? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. That could be us, man. Yeah? Do you think that's going to be us? I don't know. What By do the way, I like doing this. We're going to keep doing it. Up until the relapse episode. And we'll see what happens. Stay strong. Stay strong, my brothers and sisters and toodles. Dopey Nation, this is Leah from Georgia. My sobriety date is January 9th, 2009. Keep it up. Hey, what's going on, Dopey Nation? Uh, Chris and Dave, Dave and Chris. Um, This is Bailey again. Um, I was on a couple episodes ago. Um, and I realized I talked a lot about shit and shatting. Um, I've been thinking about making another voice memo to talk more about like the darker stories. Um, my sobriety date is, uh, six, seven of 2016. Um, one thing I super, super enjoy about this show is, uh, is talking about drugs and alcoholism. Because drugs and alcohol are fucking tight. Um, I like doing them and uh, I like abusing them. But I kind of realized today that it's probably not the best idea for me to. Um, I really, really love like finding uh, levity in the shitty shit that has happened and the shitty shit that I've done instead of kind of like bitching and moaning and complaining about it. Um, something I fucking hate is when you guys have people on the show, on the telephone, and you're constantly interrupting them, uh, like talking over them. I mean, I'm not going to say quit that shit because obviously I'm still going to listen, but, um, that's basically the only crappy part about it is like, I want to listen to their voices for once, not you guys. So hop off your high horse, boys. Well, happy, um, happy 100th episode. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Dobie. What's up? This is Danny in San Francisco. Um, just wanted to send you guys a quick voicemail. Um, sorry, I haven't done that yet. I've been kind of trying to 
get things together as far as what I wanted to say, but you guys were just talking on the episode 99 about the uh, Benadryl and like five fire of our energy and stuff and I can totally totally relate to that and I think um on the topic of whether or not it's a relapse I think it's a relapse when you treat it like a drug I think it's a relapse when you like abuse it which I mean I guess according to normal people taking something like that every night is an abuse but I think it's more personal than that I think as the addict they have to kind of come to terms with or try to define like where where do you draw the line like because if I because I, I do the same thing I use um, like Advil PMs and stuff at night but I also like I'm on my feet all day and I work I'm very active in my job so like I justify it in the sense of like my muscles probably are sore they probably need some rest while I'm resting like it's not that big of a deal plus I sleep longer I don't have all of these interruptions waking up every two three hours for a cigarette and so forth um, so in that way it's kind of a healthy choice and so forth um, I'm not like snorting them. I mean, who does that? Nobody. I don't even know why I said that. But I definitely um, lately. Also, I'll just throw this in there. Um, I've been using like coffee beans and dark chocolate. So like, I thought about it and I was like, you know, I love coffee. I love what. Well, I love the effect of caffeine basically. But I hate the taste of coffee. It's always hot. I want it to be cold, but not that cold. I want it to like. It's and it doesn't last long enough. Like you know, you get like that first. You hear that? That would be the Ferry Building, right by the Financial District of San Francisco, California. Anyway, I kind of like that noise. But, so I use coffee beans and chocolate. So I got the coffee beans because I was like, I'm going to make a poor man's, like, something you would buy at Starbucks. I didn't want to go buy them pre-made. So I got the chocolate, I got the beans, and then I woke up and I didn't want to do it. I, didn't, I just was, like, lazy. And so I thought, well, I'll just, like, throw some coffee beans in my mouth, and then I'll throw some coffee, or some chocolate in there and chew it up and like maybe it'll be good i don't know so i did it and it's fucking amazing it's amazing okay chris you'll you'll like it i know it sounds gross and maybe at first you definitely have to master like the balance between the chocolate and the and the coffee beans because otherwise you end up like almost dying on the pieces of a coffee bean that are in your throat but if you do it right and maybe even like a cup of milk. I mean, I feel like I just discovered like a whole new thing. So there's a lot of a lot of things to to do with that. But there you have it. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, I eat coffee beans, admittedly. In recovery, I need them. Caffeine is my saving grace. Caffeine and nicotine are pretty much probably the best drugs on the planet for a lot of reasons. Namely, uh, they don't hang you up in the street, naked, dead, clothed. I don't know why I said naked, but so many naked homeless people here. At least I've seen so much of their body parts. Um, coffee beans. Doesn't I don't know if it matters what kind of coffee. It didn't matter to me. Um, I eat them by the, not handful, but pinchful, fingerful. I don't know. Probably handful. Throw in a couple chunks of dark chocolate, chew that shit up. It's crunchy, it's satisfying, and oh my god. The other day at work, I was like so up on caffeine. I swear I had that feeling, you know, that sensation in your legs sometimes when you're on mushrooms or something where it like, feels like you, you're peeing your pants. Like it's like this whoosh. I like got that feeling in like one of my legs, and I'm like, okay, maybe I should eat lunch now because I pretty much had only eaten coffee, beans, and chocolate. Um, Anyway, just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, hope you're having a good morning, and I'm going to go back to the show. All right. See you, Dopey.
Hey, what's up, Dave and Chris? My name is also Chris. I'm from Austin, Texas, and I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while now. It's a great, great podcast. Um, so I'm going to try to keep this short. Hopefully I can make it in the 100th episode, but if not, that's fine too. Um, I'm a heroin addict, you know, just your run-of-the-mill junkie. been doing that shit for what 12 years now I actually just got out of rehab I've got like I don't know 33 days clean I just got a chip and all that shit and so anyways uh yeah I'm just fighting right now trying to keep it together man and anyways um I also have a a thing for hallucinogens like Chris um and I've been using the dark web and all that shit in my recent relapse so I'll hit y'all with a little bit of dopey involving that. I have a, a you know, a deep love for MDMA and, and house and techno music and downtown Austin and all that shit. But, um, you know, I like to do acid too. And so before I relapsed uh, on heroin again, um, you know, I had a really crazy acid trip. And, you know, it's like... Even if I think I can do those kind of drugs, I can't. Because once I give myself permission to change the way I feel with any chemical, it leads me right back to dope. So, and I think in this acid trip kind of warned me of it. I know that sounds, this is going to sound fucking weird. And so hopefully I can explain it right. But So I, I had this acid trip about three months before I relapsed really bad on heroin. Put myself in detox and rehab and all that shit. And um, it was a really fucking dark trip. It was some really strong stuff off Alpha Bay, the dark web. And it was just one of them really dark kind of trips. It wasn't a bad trip, it was just dark. And so I was like starting to come up and peak. And it was a little too intense for me. I went outside and flashes of light were coming at me and all kinds of shit. And it was just like, whoa, this is intense. So I was like, I'm going to go lay down. I'll just do the closed eye visuals thing and go into my head for a while. And so I did. I went and lay down in my bed and like all night just laid there tripping. And, you know, them closed eye visuals, you see figures and things. And I don't know, man. I like my visions were of like this brown, like genie type figure from Middle Eastern looking like genie type figure who had a lot of really sharp really really sharp points on on him like in, in his facial features just it, it just had like a lot of sharp pointy edges and um he was brown and he was like not my friend he represented heroin in in my fucking trip and i was just like what the fuck is heroin having to do with anything i was trying to you know i distanced myself from that so i thought i was like what the fuck is this all about why am i seeing something that represents dope you know and then like later in the trip he was still there and then i saw like a really malnourished demonic version of myself just all fucked up and it was just um it went on and on with shit weird weird you know how acid is weird shit like that and the next day i was like god damn that was a dark weird morbid ass trip and what the fuck's up with the heroin being a part of it you know i don't want any part of that shit and then like three months later i relapsed really really bad and i've been you know running real hard running and gunning or whatever y'all say really hard for a little while and thank god i i got help and went to rehab and i'm feeling better now but it's you know i'm fucking 33 days clean still i still have frost on my back 
you know. So, um, and I was also on Suboxone for like years too. So, I'm still fighting. But I love your podcast, man. I hope hope this makes it at least into y'all's ears. That would be cool. And um, yeah, so Chris from Austin, Texas, y'all take care and hit me up if you ever come down here, South by Southwest or something. Peace.